This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Big Ben Standard rolling along here with another episode dedicated to number seven. I don't on the highway, Jacob, and seeing the thank you seven billboards that keep popping Fantastic. up. City of Pittsburgh, the Steelers, it's been a really just perfect effort across the board as far as handling this retirement is concerned because this is one that is maybe not so rare for Pittsburgh fans because we have more legends than any franchise, not just in football, but maybe in sports in general. In one city. But, like, these kind of retirements are rare, and you need to make the most of them. Like, mm-hmm. when Ward retired, obviously, that was a huge, momentous occasion. It, but it, it pales it, in comparison to this kind of retirement. It though. wasn't like, It wasn't for sure see in five years in Canton. 100%. It wasn't. I mean, the only one from our generation that I can kind of think, and I still, I think Ben is at the top of the list here, most important, most groundbreaking uh, retirement. Troy, maybe, is the only not, one. Still not even so, because when Troy retired. Exactly. You're going to nail it. Take it. You're nailing it. It wasn't on his turn. He wanted to play another year, but he was wrong. The Steelers were right in that he was done. And you could see he was done in the last year that he actually played. Mm-hmm. And it was, I think, tough for Troy to, Come to kind of get that. the mental yeah. side of that wrapped around it. But he's been on Mark's show a couple of times since his retirement. He's obviously in the Hall of Fame now. He, he clearly has gotten clarity in his elder years, six okay years later, that it. he that it was time to walk away. He's okay with it. And, and he's he, in and, Canton now. So what, And I mean, you hear him, even if he's... Doing a hit with Matt or doing a hit with the guys in the morning show. He loves the Steelers again. Like he lo- and, he, and it takes nothing for him to get so sentimental about it. Oh, he it. loves the sentimental You and I helped produce and engineer the Hall of Fame special this way back in October. He was choking up. He was cho- <laughs> within seconds. He was choking. He loves. He loves football and he loves this team. I know we're talking about Ben. One little side note on Troy that's just so interesting. He doesn't really watch football. Like, yeah, he, he, he said he's – I think he said that the first game – he watched the Chiefs and Niners Super Bowl, I think, because he was there for it. Mm-hmm. So he was just kind of forced to watch. And then I think when he was there for the Steelers Hall of Honor ceremony, obviously he watched that game too because he was in the state. Mm-hmm. What's he going to do, turn around and look at the wall? <laughs> he's going to stay Neglect and watch it. it. But – He's not like a huge fan. He's, he's a youth coach. He coaches his kids' soccer teams. Huge soccer fan, Troy Polamalu. Loves the beautiful game. But talking about Ben, not Troy. Just to kind of make sure you don't think I'm just going off on some wild tangent, that's the only retirement in our generation and I see as memory. groundbreaking as this one. Like, and it's still not one, as good. Probably Jerome Bettis. Yeah, I think that kind of dips its toe into our parents and our generation before us. Because sure. he really had his big runs in the 90s when we were either not born or... Just barely Fetuses. a thought. Yeah, exactly. So, but Feet that's I. another good one. That's another one that everybody kind of stopped and was like, wow, what a legend. But Ben, that makes By the cake, man. By far and away. Other than Mean Joe, it's probably the biggest one. Yeah, I'd say so. Ever. Probably Terry is third. Is third. Which is, I think, that's the top three Steelers yeah. in history. So that makes sense. Without a, without a question, I don't want to hear as, as great as this team is. Across generations, across decades, with all the great players, you can't argue that there are three players more important to this franchise than those three guys. Well, Ben Roethlisberger played with some pretty important players in his career, both offensive and defensively. On this episode, we're going to hit you with another top five Big Ben-related list, but this time it's going to be the top five offensive players that Ben Roethlisberger played with in our minds. And I want to clarify right from the jump here. 
This is not the most talented players that Ben Roethlisberger has played with. These are the most important players that Ben Roethlisberger has played with on the offensive side of the ball. The players in you our, think in Ben our Roethlisberger, minds. Ben Roethlisberger, and this person. Right, and Ben Roethlisberger helped make this person who they are, but in return, this person had a very equal part in making Ben who he was in his career. So not necessarily, oh, this guy was a freak, this guy was a freak, that guy was a freak, no. These were the most important players. Now, naturally, all five of them are pretty freakishly good, mm-hmm. but the Steelers had pretty freakishly good teams in all of Ben's 18 mm-hmm. seasons, so that's going to happen. But Ben Roethlisberger, can't, he'd be the first one to say this, couldn't have had the Hall of Fame career on his own. Obviously, the defense is its own thing early in sure. his career, especially they had star after star after star on that side of the ball. But the offensive players deserve some of their shine as well. I'll kick things off and start well, with my number hit, five. Oh, I'm some, not kicking things off. The ball fell off the tee. All honorable right, what? mentions before we get started? Yeah, that's started. a good point. We should hit some honorable mentions. Because off. as much as, it, as as hard as it is to make a top five, it, the reason is because... There's so many good players. There are so many good players. So I'll start with my very first OLI outside looking in, number six. I like that. Jerome Bettis, the yeah. bus. He was right there on the cusp. And I'll partner you with a, a guy that ran the ball in that same time, with Willie Jerome, Parker. That backfield of Parker and Bettis. And Jerome Bettis was obviously super important for that 04 and 05 team. The driving force behind getting to that Super Bowl for the bus at his hometown in Detroit. Him, you know, going up the locker room after the game ended and then running back out, and I'm not done, I got one more year left. I mean, you can't put a value on that kind of motivational factor. But the reason why I'd put Jerome just on the outside is because he really was the number two back when you looked at Ben's early part of his career. Yes, the best captain you could ask for on that offensive side of the ball, and yes, such a great motivational tool, and a really good short yardage back to boot in that those years. I mean, we all remember what happened to Brian Urlacher on that play, and he had his moments in big game, and he had big moments in mm-hmm. that year and big runs that he would rip off. So he was a really good number two back. But I'm just trying to say, you know, the reason he's not in my top five is because he really was a second fiddle to Fast Willie in his two years that he spent with Ben Roethlisberger. And then and you, Fast Willie probably number and seven. And then you come in and, and, and see Fast Willie break out three straight years of, I believe, at least 1,200 yards rushing. The guy was a freak. He burned bright and fast. He was three amazing that's, years. That's kind of what running backs could do. You had that short shelf life. But, boy, do you hit it hard. And I think he was considered the second-best running back in the league at the time of his last fully healthy season, of which he ran for, I believe, he's at 1,500 yards or something. But there was this guy who, just a rookie, keep in mind, Adrian Peterson. Hmm. Pretty good rookie. Pretty, I mean, one rookie of the year. What uh, beat was the only guy who to run for more yards than Willie Parker that year. Potentially could be going into Canton the same exact With year as ben. ben. Well, Adrian Peterson has walked away, quote unquote, Many five times. times if he if he does retire, he played for the Titans this year, so the clock restarts now. And if he does, it'll be five years in two thousand seven, and he's gonna be a first ballot too. AP. That's a that's a pretty good class. Ben Brady, AP, Rogers. You think Rodgers is going to step away? I think. Well, I think Brady stepping away equals Gronk stepping away, which means first ballot Hall of Fame so, for both of them. So Brady, Gronk, Ben could be the AP. best Hall of Fame class of all time. Maybe Brady, Ben, Gronk, kind of, Rogers kind of, kind of upsets you a little bit. 
kind of wanted it to be Ben's weekend. I guess, and but a also bunch it's kind of cool because it'll be like, that's the best class yeah. ever. Like, you'll have 10 years from now, Bleacher Report will tweet out his Hall of Fame ceremony. Remember 10 years ago, the greatest Hall of Fame class ever went in, and Ben's face will be up there looking all beautiful. Um, I'm trying to think of some other quick offensive players. He had a nice little weird thing with Vance McDonald. He well, so what I was going to say, Vance wasn't like amazing, but for those years he, he was had here, that he relationship. Like he was, was a good connection. Say, in the peak of Ben's career, Plaxico 20, had a couple nice runs with him too. Nate that, Washington's one I'd throw in the honorable mention. That 2013 to 2017 stretch of which we know the Steelers were the best offense in recent Steelers memory, and then one of the best offenses in the NFL during that stretch. Any one of those receivers or backup running backs to Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell not making either of our lists. Yeah, and again, that's that's the one that I needed to add the disclaimer to we're not doing most talented because he's top five for sure as far as more, most talented is concerned. He might he's, be he might he be, number, be two number two as far as most talented mm-hmm. is concerned. But it's not about that. It's about more than that. And I would argue that Willie Parker was more impactful, and he's higher on my outside looking in list than Le'Veon Bell because he helped lead a team to a Super Bowl. Right, obviously, well, you obviously Le'Veon Bell the was the all-pro all status, had four or five great years with the Steelers, but he always got hurt towards the end of the season, and he was never really available for any of those playoff runs. I mean, he was the key to beating those New England teams in that stretch mm-hmm. run in 2016, especially. I mean, for God's sake, I was at the game earlier that year when Landry Jones played against the Patriots at Heinz Oh, and they got completely destroyed. But it really wasn't that bad. They were doing decent enough job. Really? I don't know why I thought it was just a blowout. It was because he was just feeding Bell Mm -hmm. out of the backfield and he was making things happen. The Patriots pulled away at the end, so that you're maybe thinking of the final score. Maybe. But there was a moment where Jones threw a touchdown and it was a one-score game. You're like, oh, boy. So... You get Ben Roethlisberger in there, even though it's in New England, you're feeling a lot better about yourself, but then there's no Bell. And he mm-hmm. could just never stay healthy, whereas Willie Parker, always healthy, Super Bowl record for longest touchdown run, had almost 1,700 yards in the one season with Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. So I know Steamboat Willie had maybe half the talent that Will, uh, not Le'Veon Bell did, but as far as importance was concerned, relating to Ben Roethlisberger, it's no question it's Willie Parker in my no. mind. But uh, before we... Our final the official our, list. Our final like honorable mention. I, I'd like to highlight the 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 receiving core. We're gonna get to A B, but the other guys during that era, guys like Marcus Wheaton, guys like Martavis Bryant. Tavis was so good. Juju came in a little bit later, but still, I associate him in that era where Ben was just. We talked about in a previous episode, threw the ball into the end zone six times in a game two weeks in a row. It doesn't happen. doesn't happen. He threw the ball for 500 yards three times in the regular season, two of those times coming in that window of, of time. just doesn't happen. That ben, ben was a marvel to watch, and we've highlighted it before. He won early, and then he really established himself as one of the greatest quarterbacks by being this offensive guru, this offensive mastermind, this offensive power. That was just unstoppable. The hardest part is hitting on your franchise quarterback. The next step that's hard, but not as hard, is to fill out the roster around him. And the Steelers and Colbert and Tomlin and Cower did phenomenal jobs throughout Ben's entire career of just having weapon after weapon mm-hmm. after weapon. Didn't matter. It you, didn't matter how good Martavis Bryant was because then you bring in Juju Smith-Schuster and he's fine. Yeah, Didn't exactly. matter how, how, how injured Juju was because then you bring in Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson. Yeah, exactly. He just was able to always replenish the cabinet, the cupboard, full of talented players that Ben could throw to. 
but none more important than these five that we're about no, to rip off in I your face right so now. Either. I'm going to kick things off with my number five player, and that is Santonio Holmes. Santonio really didn't have that much of a run with Ben Roethlisberger, and on that list of players that have caught touchdown passes from Ben, Santonio's a lot lower on the list than you'd mm-hmm. think he would be, and there's some names ahead of him that you're like, what? Like, isn't Deontay Johnson only, like, one back from him or something like that? Or, like, maybe even ahead of him a little bit? I don't bit. know. He He's a lot lower. on. He's far lower would, on that list. You would list. think Santonio would be one of the top four, and he's not. But I get why people would think that because he has the biggest one out of all of them. The biggest one. The biggest one out and, of all and of I'll, And I'll say this, too. He is also my number five guy. It's just so unfortunate that he was here for such a short amount of time. I agree. And when I, remember I don't when think then, it needed to be that way either. No, it didn't. Now I think in a different landscape, he's not off the team. I agree with that. And what is extra painful about that is, yeah, when he left, his best years were as a Steeler. But he was so but really good. But he had three good as, years with the as Jets, a Jet. too. Yeah. And met the Steelers in that AFC Championship Had game. a touchdown. Yeah. Like, he still had... I'm not saying they they let the next Jerry Rice walk away and he went on for 10 more years of dominance, but he still had about three years left in the tank of elite wide receiver play that the Steelers walked away from. And it clearly didn't bite them in the butt because the Young Money team emerged right after that and Wallace, Sanders, and Brown eventually just turning into Brown were was a better receiver than Santonio ever was, mm-hmm. but... You still had, I think, another couple years with Santonio and Ben connection to be working. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to see Santonio. I've seen him around the facility recently. He's got some nice charitable work that he does in association with the Steelers and the Steelers help with his charities. It's good to see him being welcomed back into the family more and becoming that Steeler after his career is done. Um, Hall of Honor, without question. That's coming soon. No no worries about that if you're no, Santonio. No, I don't think and that's that's exactly where he belongs because, like we said, he burned bright and early for the Steelers. Biggest catch in Steelers history, you could argue. He's not going to get the Canton accolades. He's not even really yeah. going to get the national recognition. He needs that local, and he's starting to get. He's going to get it. Yeah. He's oh, hundred percent. He's going. He's to. already. He's already. And that's why he's being around. He was at nice. the Hall of. He was at the Hall of Fame um, ceremony back in October. He was at the Hall of Honor ceremony back in November. He's a part of the franchise. He'll again. be there in 07, no doubt, in Canton for when number seven In 27. In. 27, yeah, sorry. God. It's beautiful that it's 27 <laughs> and number seven's going to go in. That's a good I point. I didn't even think about that. You're number five? You no, said I it was Tone, too. So number four, I'm going with Alan Fanica. Okay. Only lineman that made it. The rest okay. are pass catchers. For me, also went non-running back, wide receiver, tight end. I went lineman as well, but I went Marquise Pouncey on this one. I would say that Pounce and Ben had a closer relationship than Fanica and Ben. I mean, obviously, Fanica had a couple years with Ben, won the Super Bowl with Ben, but then moved on to the Jets and had a continued Hall of Fame career with the New York Jets for years. After. Some of these Steelers players going to the Jets. That's weird. Kind of like the Cardinals. Yeah. yeah those are well, the two it's locations. it's hilarious that you say that because where did Fanica go after the Jets? Exactly. So he hit them both. He stopped at both uh, post-Steelers stops. But I put Fanica because... Hall of Famer, obviously. You could argue he's one of the best guards to ever play the game of football. His stability and ability mm-hmm. in front of Ben Roethlisberger mm-hmm. in his rookie and second and third year, uh, you couldn't put a value on it Maybe to have that without, kind of protection yep. in front of him. Maybe without Alan Fanica, Ben doesn't win his first 13 games of his career. Maybe doesn't get to the Super With Bowl. With that kind of anchor his on second that line. Year. 
And we all know the block that Fanica threw to free Willie Parker in the Super Bowl on that game, on that uh, record-setting run. But I think of Fanica, and I think about when Ben Roethlisberger had to become the starter because Tommy Maddox got hurt, and they asked Fanica how he feels about playing with a rookie, and he just flat out said, it sucks, I hate playing with a rookie. They don't know this, they don't know <laughs> what they're doing, they blah, blah, blah. 13 straight wins later. I'm sure Fanica really, really, really happy doesn't hate playing rookie. with a rookie. Yeah, that rookie And then by the next time, by 2005 is next year, he's not a rookie anymore. It, it's just got nothing to complain about. It's just a good little anecdote there to uh, have Fanica say that and <laughs> thirteen and zero, right. and then fifteen and one. You lose in the AFC Championship game. You but then get you back the there the next year, and you win it, and then you win the Super Bowl. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. It's, it's a beautiful great. thing. And we know and pounce that relationship. Like Fanica had the results in silver with Ben, but pounce and Ben were closer. And then teammates. there were, and I honestly think too, like the other guys we have in our list are all. Offensive weapons, right, at, at skill position players. But I think if you ask Ben, probably who's your favorite teammate you ever took the field with? I think probably Marquise Pouncey is number number one. I think it would be Pounce, too. It was so emotional after the Browns game last year. Like, you didn't seeing see Seeing them it. on the bench together. I get, I get the, the upset factor, how that works into it with the Browns' loss. But Troy's last game, Heinz Ward's last game, you didn't see Ben and Ward or Ben and Troy share a moment like Ben and Pouncey. No, because he wanted to get Pounce to that mountaintop because they got there his rookie year, but he got hurt before he could play in the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. And then they lost. Who knows what happens in that Super Bowl if Pounce if is clearing the way up front for Mendenhall? Like, does Does Clay Matthews have a, a solid read on Rashard Mendenhall? Does BJ Raji just blow up the game all day long because he's just rushing up the middle constantly if Pounce is there? Probably not. Pounce probably shuts Raji down, right? You'd yeah. have to assume that. Raji's a good player back then, don't get me wrong. but Back then? But Pounce but didn't was, have the sustained success that, that Marquise Pounce did. Pounce did the Creed Humphrey thing. He came in the league and became the best center almost immediately. Immediately. Which, don't get me started on Creed Humphrey, but still... That's, that kind of impact is crazy. You go from fifth was he fifteenth overall pick something like that to being the best the best center in football. Maybe there was one more that you could argue was better, but he was the best. And he gets hurt, and they go to the Super Bowl, and he has to watch from the sidelines, and then he spends the rest of his borderline Hall of Fame, certainly Hall of Honor career, just trying to get back to that spot, and he never did. No, never it's did. painful, and you could see Ben shared that pain with him. And, you know, there were other times in between 2010 and 2020 where that team had Super Bowl expectations. 2017 for sure. I would say 2015 through 2017. And then I think 17 was the one. Yeah. Like 16, you were close, AFC Championship Mm -hmm. game, but you had to go on the road and you lost. But then all of that team comes back with some extra additions. 17 was that year. Yeah. And you get the home playoff game. And Jesse James is a bum and drops the ball in the end zone. He's, it's not his fault. 100% it's his fault. I'm it's not the ref's just, fault. No, it's not. It's his fault. Catch the ball. You think Heath is dropping that ball like that? Hell no. Heath is Heath is probably making the exact same play. Travis Kelsey is hitting the gritty into the end zone if that's him. Like, don't drop the ball, Jesse James, but you're not going to get me turned up about this again. But that was the year, 2017, yeah. that they could have gotten pounced to that mountaintop. It, 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 it so... Sad. That's football, man. Yeah, but it's so sad to have witnessed that moment between Ben and, and Pounce on the sideline together. Number three for me is a bit of a hot button guy. I probably have the same number three as you do. Then I didn't want to put him on my list, but he was so important to Ben's success. And 
We talk about how early in Ben's career he wins the Super Bowls, and then later in his career he gets the statistical numbers he needs to get into the Hall of Fame. Those statistics do not happen without A.B. there. Exactly, and that's who my number three guy is. Even though we just listed off Juju, Martavis, Marcus Wheaton, Claypool. A.B. doubles up almost everybody as far as touchdowns from Ben is concerned. No, if if you were on Twitter around the time at at the Kansas City game, the wildcard game, and then the Ben announcement of his retirement earlier last week— you probably saw on Twitter or on Facebook this chart of every guy to catch a pass, a touchdown pass from Ben Roethlisberger in his career. Antonio Brown, first with 77. Second place, Hines Ward with 47. It's crazy. AB has 30 more touchdowns than the next guy. And it's like Hines and Heath are right next to each other. Mm -hmm. And then it's Brown just at the very top by himself. And we all know Brown sent out those, you know, Oh, he well sent out done. a cameo, the cameo before right. the Browns game and was like, I don't think he should retire. I think he's got a lot. And then when he did retire, he posted on social media calling him a legend. I just wish that guy wasn't crazy, man, because I mean, him and Ben. Because he is absolutely insane. And he would have helped Ben. Ben didn't age terribly. He didn't age gracefully by any stretch. He would have aged a lot more gracefully if he had that If guy. he had Antonio Brown still on the team. You know, I, like, uh, I could not agree more. Like he but, would, but. What if that's not the case, and then their relationship gets worse and worse, and worse and worse because, because Ben can't do it anymore. AB is so frustrated by it. Very possible, and honestly, more likely that, that would be the case that <laughs> yeah. happens. But you can't argue with how not just talented he was. He was the most talented player Ben ever played with. He's the most talented, I think, player in the 2010 decade. The fact that he's a nut job and didn't win any Super Bowls is why he's three and not he the won top one. two. He won one. I meant with the Steelers is, oh, okay, is what okay. I was saying. Like the fact that he didn't help Ben win a Super Bowl, he was he played in one with him against Green Bay, not as a, a feature to the offense, but he was still out there, caught some, returned some punts in that game. So another guy that was able to get to the Super Bowl extremely early with Ben, but can never and just get never got back to that mountaintop with, with him with Ben, of course. But God, I, I really wish that the Chiefs had won the Super Bowl last year, <laughs> so that. Antonio could say, yeah, I'm still without anything. Because I think, too, even though Le'Veon Bell was on the Chiefs, he wasn't going to get a ring. Because he didn't play in the game, yeah. I don't think. He didn't play basically at, at all. all leading up to it. A.B., obviously the most talented of the players that played with Ben, but these two guys, I don't think that there's any debate. I think it's 1A, 1B. I don't know if we have the same order That's here. fine, but we have the same one, too. And these are the two that you think of whenever So who you did go. you put I went and Ward two. and Miller. And two Ward, one Miller, I think. Wow, I did. Wow. I went, yeah, I went Heath two, Hines one. Either way, you're right. I mean, yeah. those two yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I know they were two and three as far as touchdown catches were concerned from Ben, but the importance of all those touchdown passes were it was the, so big compared to And ABs. it was the consistency. And they caught him in big games. Mm-hmm. They caught him in playoff games. Super Bowl, they played in Super Bowls with Ben. Both won both a ring won with, ben two. with Ben. I mean, both won two rings with Ben is what I mean. Like, and then both went to the third with Ben. They were the whoobies of Ben Roethlisberger. And even when Santonio Holmes came on and was the number one receiver, you needed a big play. 86 and 83 were always there for you. And Ben Absolutely. knew that. And they could do it in any capacity he wanted. Even though Hines was a small guy, he could still run down the field and get you that long touchdown catch or, or long completion. Heath Miller may have been the most solid go-to piece here's what, over the middle that any quarterback has ever had. Here's what sticks out to me about Heath Miller and just how reliable he was. He was so reliable with the football that I still remember the fumble he had against the Saints on Halloween night. Do you remember that game on Sunday in, Night Football in, in, in New Orleans? 
in 2010. It was yes. like over the middle fumble. I think the Steelers ended up losing the game. They lost a lot the game. Bleeding because of that play. Yeah. Like he was so good holding on to the football and so reliable that that one mistake still sticks in my mind so prevalently because it's like, what the hell was that? We never see him fumble the ball like that. But even his only fumble. I'm not going to check that because that's a lot of work right now. But, yeah, that's his only fumble ever as far as I'm concerned. As far as I can recall. And he obviously gets the Heath crowd chance. I mean, like, that's the that's thing, That's still too, that, going on now. Like, that's, that's still happening. Like, it's Muth, but that's a permutation of Heath. And when it was Jesse James, they were still just yelling they just Heath. Heath. Like, they just, the Steelers fans love the tight end position because of how great of a job Heath did at performing as a tight end that they wanted to honor every tight end that comes after Heath Miller. And not only do they just love tight ends, Ben loved Heath Miller. I mean, that was his, him and Ward, like we said, 1A and 1B, as far as guys you could go to 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 make a huge play for you. Ben, any time that things got tight, and that's what Mm -hmm. is so hard in football, is when you get down to like the 10 or the 5-yard line and things get real tight and these freaks of natures like Jamar mm-hmm. Chase and Tyree Kill and Kel well Kelsey's a bad example because he can do the things <laughs> that Miller does but you know the, the Santonio Holmeses like they need to be in space and run Absolutely. routes and get open and they don't when they're so compact like that but Ward and Miller were able to thrive in those dirty zones. Ward never afraid to get lit up no. for going into it. Ben throw. He would go to Ben, hey, throw as many CTE balls as you want my way. I'm going to eat any hit that comes my way, and I'm going to score a touchdown. And Miller was the same thing. So you had the tones and the plaxicos to, mm-hmm. and the ABs eventually to get you down the field, but you needed the Wards and the Millers to finish off the drives. And man, they always did. They always would get the tough catches. So at the time... And Juju's kind of like that, too, towards the end of Ben's career. So the Steelers made an all-time team, came up with their own all-time team in 2007, their 75th anniversary season. Terry Bradshaw was the quarterback. They only put one quarterback on there. Yeah. Does that change? But before we get to that, also, Heinz Ward made (laughs) crazy to think that Heinz Ward was in the league for less than 10 years and had already made that list as one of the three receivers, him, Stallworth, and Lynn Swan. But Benny Cunningham... And LB Nickel were the two tight ends named to that team. Because Heath Miller was only in his third year. That was five because he was a rookie in Super Bowl. 40. I'd take Terry off for Ben and I'd take both You take of one those. I'd I'd say get rid of both, both of them for Heath. It, the only reason you have two is because neither were great, but you had to put a tight end you hadn't on there. Hadn't had that great tight end yet. Heath is on but there. He was on take his both. way at that point. You really you you take Terry off. For Ben? Yeah. Yeah, Ben's the best quarterback yeah. in franchise history. Okay. No, no, I know. I, I think it's it's a, it's a discussion, but I think now it's easy to say with wins and statistics. Stats, stats, stats is just it's overwhelming. He's got half as many Super Bowls as Terry. Been to one less than Terry has. That's the thing is that he still went are, to three. That's yeah, he's one less that's than Terry. Think about it. Aaron Rodgers won Super Bowl. Mendenhall doesn't fumble. He's probably won Super Bowl trophy behind Terry, mm-hmm. and that's that's for sure. He's better than Terry. And then you also have an MVP. In the I Super think I he think he wins the Super, Super Bowl. MVP. Yeah. I think he should have one anyway. But. He should have one, but then so say that. Say they give it to Ben in, in forty three, and then he gets another one in forty five. Yeah. that's two MVPs to Terry's two MVPs, and just one less Lombardi. It's over. It's over. But, but I think that's it is why over anyway. the thing the thing we get to discuss is that's not how things worked, and there's a discussion to be had. And Ben Roethlisberger. All these guys that we made on these lists and the honorable mention were talented in their own right, but he helped 
immensely make them Steeler legends. Like Heath Miller would have been good. Heath Miller becomes the best tight end in franchise history because of number seven Absolutely. throwing him the football. That's going to do it for this episode of Steeler Standard. Thanks, as always, for giving us a listen to the Big Ben Standard as we do all things Big Ben. We'll be back with some more Big Ben theme episodes later this week, but check out our conference championship reaction episode that will drop later this day as our third episode on Monday. So for Jacob Brecht, I'm Tom Offerman. As always, appreciate you guys listening. We'll talk to you next time.